podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Hello and welcome to episode, no fuck, I fucked it already, season 10. (laughs) (laughs) Started you mean to go on boy. (laughs) Season 10 boys, season 10, episode 1 of the Fighting Cop podcast. (laughs) That is is crazy, 10 years, this will be our 10th year recording podcast. We're such a long way from where we were. And, and, and we're not. We, we did that that podcast um, a few weeks ago about you know nine years doing the fighting cock. So it's not. This isn't going to be about the fighting cock, obviously. But I've got on the line, Ricky. How you doing, mate? Yeah, all good, bruv. All good. And we've got felonious motherfucking Phil. What's up? What's up? Uh, and uh, yeah, as it as it is the tenth season of the fighting cock, I want I want to take your minds back to 2011 when we started this podcast. Would it have been 2011? Or yeah, 2011. Uh, and uh, what was? Can you remember the players that made up the 2011 squad? Like T, because like Ricky probably won't be able to do this, but T, you should be able to walk this. 
Name oh. ten players in the 2011 squad because that that was a good side. It was. I'll start from the back. Um, obviously, that tease is like, yeah, no, this this is, like, forget your your question. It's not difficult. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna give you an order to this. Go on. You will have order. <laughs> so we had Gomez in goal. I don't think Friedel had joined at that point, did he? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think there was Carl Walker and Troy Luca, them two at right back. All right. Centre back, I think it was, um, I think Gallus had joined then as well. Ledley okay. King, I think Jonathan Woodgate was fucked. Dawson, Kabul as well, centre back. And left back was a Suricato, don't think anyone else really counted. We signed Scott Parker. We had Modric, we had Lennon, we had Cranchar. We had Bale, and up front we had uh, Adebayor. I think Crouch is still there. Keep forgetting if Crouch was there or not. I think we got rid of him. That's got to be about 10. Um, we had Livermore. Rafa van der Vaart? Yeah, van der Vaart. It's 10 years today since his debut at West Brom. Oh, I, was, I was there. Fucking mad day that was. What a player. Amazing. Uh, uh, let me give you some others. We had Jamie O'Hara in midfield. We got William Gallas, Andros Townsend. Uh, T, you, you probably never heard of this, and Rick, Rick you'll probably get this. Uh, Paul Jose and Poku. He's still, I think he's still about. I think he's Belgian. <laughs> oh, fucking fuck off, T. I think he's, I think he's still playing. And Poku. <laughs> no one knows who he is. I didn't even know he played for Spurs until I think like, he played for Leighton Orient against us a few years back in the FA Cup. Brilliant. So we're going. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Woodgate. Yep. Uh, Giovanna De Santos. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, Bentley. Johnny T. Sanks. Jolly two Saints, exactly. Uh, Alex Pritchard played. Robbie Keane was a part of that squad as well. And Defoe then, if if he was. Yeah, Defoe, Defoe was there also. Uh, Stephen Pienaar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jake Lovemore, as you said. Aaron Lennon. Jonathan Abika. And I think that's... He plays for fucking high... Hibs or someone mad like that now. Alan Hutton. Oh, God, yeah. The man. Tom Addison. He, was on, t- he at... was on TV the other day, Huddleston, um, talking about Spurs. Go on. What did he say? I just finished just asking him if, if Spurs are still soft and he kind of... He, he, he didn't say we're soft, so probably missing one ingredient to make it to the very top, but otherwise it's quite nice about Spurs. Gareth Bale. None, none of us has said Gareth Bale. I thought I did. Did you? All right. Well, fuck you. Fuck you, uh, Basson. <laughs> Basson. Anyway, oh, uh, so we had, a, we had a, a David Bentley, apparently. Was Record also. signing. Sandro. <laughs> anyway, this is getting boring. Uh, we we had a very good squad, very good squad, very 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 good squad, and um, I wonder if if you could compare that squad to to ours now, would you swap it just like that? If you just could click a finger, and we don't have Harry Kane, we don't have Humminson, we had the squad of 2011, would you swap it, Rick? No, no way. Why? Because uh, Harry Kane is everything to me. Uh, he is. Uh, I just I can't imagine a world without Harry now, and and also as well Son. It's just like I mean they're, they're two massive players for us, and I just think with the the kind of glitz that we had uh, from that squad that you just mentioned, um, it it's one of those that th- they're players that are talented, but they were kind of inconsistent. And I feel like these players, that even though Sonny does go through bad patches as well as Kane, I just think they are far superior than any uh, any players that we had, and even Toby as well. In there, it's like I just, uh, yeah, I, I just think right. the players so, that we have are, are far more uh, 
skillful and better. How to you, out of all of the players that we've just mentioned, what, what, who would you take to put into our current first eleven? Oh fuck! I'd probably, I mean, Modric is the one that stands out, I suppose. Yeah. Modric and Horbier centre mid would be would be very nice. Um, what about Gareth Bale? <laughs> yeah, we could do with him. Could definitely do with him. Are you in a bell bus? Yeah, one hundred percent. If we had the opportunity to buy him now, would you would would you take him? Given the fact that it would, even if Real Madrid has reported today they're gonna they're gonna pay half of his wages to get him out of the football club. Um, imagine imagine being a club that size, where they're willing to pay off half of Gareth Bale's wages. Imagine being Tottenham and saying, "If we don't want you, you're not." I mean, you're obviously better than all the players we have, but we're going to pay half your wages just to get you out of our football club. Like, imagine being a club that size. Anyway, um, yeah. So I- even if we um, if we could pay half of his wages, which would be three hundred grand a week, um, he's he's got injuries. He's like that is a massive gamble, and probably there is money to be better spent elsewhere. Even. That is a mad thing to say, given the fact we're talking about Gareth Bale. The thing of Gareth Bale is a bit like, you know, when you've got a failing marriage, you know, and you're trying to have another baby to hope that it'll solve it. So, you know, outwardly, you know, you've got a really beautiful baby, but the couple don't get on. So, you know, you've got Gareth Bale, who outwardly looks like a statement signing, but, you know, the underli- the underlying thing is, you know, the injuries, as you've said, the lack of football... And we're not exactly weak in his position. Not saying that the players are necessarily mass, miles better than him. But from a romantic point of view, it would be lovely to see him back in the Spurs shirt. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, OK, so so on to the new season. Given the fact that we've only signed two players, albeit in positions that needed upgrading. Yeah, three. Three is true. Uh, I'd imagine Joe Hart is a better goalkeeper than Vaughan. Although, well... At, they're probably both prone to similar mistakes, but Hart brings the, he can't just have been signed just to come in and shout in the dressing room. He can't can't be it can't be just that, can it? Of course it can. Of course it can. Um, no, I think he knows how to. I mean, this is such fucking basic Charlie Nicholas type bollocks, but he knows how to win. He's been in winning dressing rooms. He's very vocal, and you know he'll give competition to to Hugo Lloris. Um, I don't think he's the keeper that he was but I think Mourinho wants players of a certain mentality and him and Hoybier are players who are very vocal in the dressing room and will you know if people let standards slip you know they'll definitely say something so I think that's probably the motivation behind the Joe Hart one more so yeah fair enough and, and, and do, we do get like even if like Joe Hart has become a bit of a laughing stock and I've listened to his podcast called Gloved which isn't the best podcast though you know, in the world, it's it is interesting. But he, he talks about his his um, his transition from being a, an elite goalkeeper, England's goalkeeper, seventy five caps for England, playing in major competitions for for Man City, being the guy between the sticks for one of the biggest clubs in Europe in Man City in their newest form. To to you know having absolutely no credibility in football at all. But he's learnt so much and he can give so much to our goalkeepers. Even Hugo Lloris, he could give, you know, uh, education to. You know, he could he could teach him some things about being, like, when, <laughs> like, if, if Hugo Lloris is being <laughs> shit, like, Joe Hart goes, don't, don't keep being shit because you end up like me. <laughs> um, 
anyway, so uh, yeah, we signed those two players, Hoybier and Doherty, and we've got what we've got four weeks, five weeks between before the um, transfer window shuts. Yeah. Uh, in in the press conference before the Everton game, Jose Mourinho says we are looking for a striker. He's got he needs a striker. Obviously, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, we do need a striker. But if if we do sign one. And maybe the Spanish left back. What's his name? Reguilón. Reguilón. Yeah. Is is that a great transfer window if we manage to bring in bring in Milic maybe or Milic and Reguilón? Should I say Reguilón? Like no, what? you take it. I'd be great. It fills um it fills the gaps. I mean, we've got the number three is vacant um, as we'll probably talk about in a bit, and that and an out and out striker would would do brilliantly. Okay, Rick, go on. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, getting anyone in, well, I mean, most people in at the moment would be uh, great. But if I'm going to be honest, the uh, the left back, I haven't seen much of him except from like uh, YouTube snippets and stuff like that. But None it, of us have. It's, it's a kind of, uh, the contrast in between him and Davies is obviously a chasm. The guy is like pure pace and attacking um, and very direct. So it would be, it's, it's going to be, you know, with Mourinho's tactics and, and how he likes to play, as you saw last season, where Aurea was the guy that bombed forward and Davies stayed, stayed back, it would give you the option to do exactly the same, but on the left hand side. And then Doherty can, can, can hold back while this other dude is pegging it down on the left hand side. And Milik as well, um, he's got some great stats, man. Absolutely great stats. And again, uh, highlight reels of mainly what I've seen of the guy. But anyone to supplement Kane and to take some games off of him, if he comes in on uh, League Cup, FA Cup, Europa, even some prems, just someone to help out and even change the game. Because, you know, at times you have Kane and you know that you know where he's going to be running. You know that uh, the people are going to double up on him. And if you double up on him then you, you kind of take him out of the game. But then if you've got this uh, Milik that comes in, you don't you don't know what he's going to bring and how he's going to play and what he's supposed to be and what his role is when he does come on or, or gets a start. So just even um, fresh blood as well, um, taking the games off, those, uh, off the players that are going to be playing um, week in, week out. And again, uh, it, it's all to do with uh, the, the tactics and game management. So yeah, most definitely, it's gonna it'll be a, a huge improvement. If someone as a quality of Milik comes in, it, it he's not coming in as a secondary, like a backup option to to Harry Kane. Like Troy Parrott is a backup option to any striker in in the Premier League. He's coming in because we can play him together, or there might be instances where they can play together, or Milik get, gets opportunities to play on his own up top yeah so it, uh, and that's what we need it's come to a situation now i think with spurs want to progress there where we need we need two strikers that can compete against each other and not saying that only one or the other plays but finding a way for both of them to play and if you do buy a number nine like Milik, who, who can can lead the line he's done incredibly well for napoli and uh, since we've been linked to him i've, I've been trying to to kind of understand what kind of player he is, and he looks absolutely quality, top draw. That um, 
that that, that we, we we find a way of maybe dropping Kane back a little bit deeper or playing two up front, uh, and and that's the kind of sort of attitude we need to apply, especially given the fact we're going into a September where we're going to play eight games in a month. So it's essentially a game every three days or four days, and in some instances it's a game every two days. Um, we need two. To, we, we need two strikers. Like we, we've, we've sent Troy, Troy Parrott out, so we need two strikers. That deal has to happen. If it isn't him, it has to be someone else. We've always seen Callum Wilson go to Newcastle for twenty million. That that to me seemed like a perfect fit. But if we can get someone like Milic for thirty, given the fact that he was originally priced at the beginning of this window at fifty million, and Napoli are, are ready to deal because he's made it clear he's not signing a new contract. So they made it clear that you can have him for a reduced price. Uh, Juventus and and Roma have already failed to to sign him, so he's not going there. He's, it's clear that he wants out of the club. It seems like completely perfectly placed for us to sign him. Will Daniel Levy try to get that transfer deal down, the transfer price down to about twelve million? That's the issue. Yeah, well, we'd hope so. You'd hopes. I mean, just signing for thirty, surely. I mean, I think I think the hopes are dashed for the Milik signing today. Um, so I'm not sure. I think there's been so much. There's been. I think oh, I can't remember what the fuck happened. I, I saw a link somewhere on Twitter where um, that's kind of dead in the water. I think they want thirty million, and he's had he's had two ACL injuries. So I, I think they're trying to talk the price down, but. I mean, I agree with what you're saying and having needing another number nine, someone to help Kane, supplement Kane, play with him. Um, it's not beyond the realms of possibility to play two up front or have Kane play a little bit deeper or maybe more to the right. So I do think we need another striker. There was um, Dakar, the guy who plays in Austria. I think his agent is Canute and he said he's going to stay in Austria for another season. I don't see why we couldn't have just signed him and put him back to Austria on loan for a year. That's the solution to that problem, even though we need a striker now. Um, and then you've got the guy um, think from Mets, Diallo, who I think might be willing to come. But it's definitely a position we need to fill. And hopefully Mourinho can unlock that because they've had three or four managers before and he wanted a striker and not got one. Um, Karthik, uh, THFC on, on Twitter, he says, are we, in, we, we winning the league? And he attached the graphic of the second season under Jose Mourinho. <laughs> right, so his second season at Porto, he he finished first in the league. He won the league with Porto and he won three cups, including the league. His second season at Chelsea, he finished first and won two cups. His second season at Inter Milan, he, he, he finished first and won three cups, the treble, including the Champions League. His, first, his second season at Real Madrid, he won the league. His second season at uh, Chelsea, he won the league and won the FA Cup, I think. And at Man United, he finished second and he didn't win any trophies, but he did any, at his time uh, uh, at, uh, at Man United. He won the League Cup, Europa League and, of course, the Community Shield. Um, do, do you, are you hopeful of Jose Mourinho's influence on this side, given the fact that, that you can't dispute the fact that he's done this with six clubs and he's never finished below second and in five of those six seasons he's finished first that's like undisputable evidence 
like if if he doesn't do this is uh, this at Tottenham, it's because we are cursed as a football club. <laughs> you're talking you're talking fourteen years of league football where he's not finished below first or second in his second season, which we're entering into. If he does that at Spurs, then we might as well give up, boys. What do you what do you make of any of that? T. Um, it's not his second full season. So that'd be my ready-made excuse if we finish know, below second. <laughs> he's been there long enough, though. No, um, no, his record speaks for itself, and I think all or nothing has come at a good time for him because at the end of last season, the reactions towards him were mixed. Um, you mentioned the Everton game on a couple of podcasts we've done pre-season, which was a game which was dreadful to watch, but we won it. And, you know, the Sheffield United game as well, where people were calling for his head. But I feel that all or nothing has kind of turned, put fans on his side. And, and obviously, we're not in the stadium to kind of back him or anything. But I think there's probably a slightly better feeling now than there was at the start of the, of the, of the, when the season had just finished. But, you know what? Um, there's, um, you know, the BBC pundits, I think 24 of them predicted their top four. And not one of them picks Spurs to be in it. So I think Mourinho will pin that to the wall and say, look, this is what they're saying about you. You guys are world-class footballers. Let's fucking have it. Yeah, I, I get that. And, and and has this been the most... Look, this season for Tottenham, it feels like it's been... Like, no one expects anything from Spurs. At, uh, you know, this season, like this, this is this has been the least amount of pressure that has been on Tottenham for many, many, many years. Yes. What do you think of that, T? Um, well, you know, I mean, Pochettino has kind of set such such a high bar. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how it ended for Pochettino, but he he gave us this, um, you know, this air of expectancy, and he's a victim of his own success to a degree, whereby. We expect Champions League football every season. We expect to be challenging for the league every season. And, you know, and maybe in terms of our wage structure and the wage budget compared to the rest of the teams in the league, the fourth or fifth is about where we should be. So we're punching above our weight. But now we're probably at about par. But I believe that Marina will use this as motivation. He likes it. He likes to be an underdog. And, yeah, I think he'll work in our favour. Rick, what do you what do you make of the idea that we're um, you know we're we're un, un, underrated or an underdog going into the season? Do you think that helps us, or should we be concerned with uh, with the lack of depth and, and and lack of quality in our side compared to the other top four teams? Uh, it's, it's, it is a, it is a bit of a it's a bit of a concern, but T Ricky, I said Ricky. <laughs> Did you say Ricky? Why, why are you shitting on like all over Ricky here, mate? Fuck, sorry. I'm going to put myself on mute. Sorry, Ricky, go on. Nah, Ricky, no. I, po- I apologise on your behalf, mate. Great. Sorry. Uh, I, I, I was just going to do one without... Uh, uh, yeah. Um, Good. No, um, like, on, honestly, the way that I feel at the moment, um, Mourinho is a wounded animal. And the players that we've gotten so far, uh, are players that we, we've needed, um, doesn't need to be... Um, massive amounts of money. They just need to do the job. And Mourinho has his teams playing like a well-oiled machine and they know their positions. They know what they need to do. You've got players like uh, Begwin that are, um, you know, they, he had uh, half a season. It's going to be his first full season. 
Um, from Delhi in the friendlies, um, he he looks like he's he's bounced kind of back from what what he was, um, and it's I don't know it's it, it's hard not to go ten toes because I'm excited the season's back. I'm excited Mourinho's here. I'm excited about all or nothing as well, and I just think that like T said um, earlier that. A lot of people, a lot of pundits, there's fucking loads of them. Not one of them had us in top four. Not one. So that takes the pressure off. And when we start giving teams wallops, then, they, then they're going to know. Then they're going to know that we're, that we're about. And I, 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 think we'll get, uh, I think we'll get top four. And, we'll, and I think we're, we're going to surprise a few teams as well. And what I've seen in pre-season as well, uh, matching uh, matching off kind of from last season, um, is the counter-attack that that we're going to play. There are going to be teams that will sit back and say, "Okay, you're you're you've got to break us down." And I think we have enough quality um, in us to to get a, a goal. And then it's down to Mourinho and his great game management to hold on to that one nil. It might not be pretty. It might be hearts in the mouth stuff because it's Tottenham, but this guy is going to grind out points for us, and he's going to make us uh, sit tight in those positions and hold on to them for dear life, and we will qualify for the Champions League next season. I feel so. I, I feel that's right. I, I kind of feel like that we will, you know, we, we we'll get the results we want, but it won't be in a way that people that it's, it's not palatable. We won't get in the way that that you know that us as podcasts want to, podcasters want to want to talk about a football club. We want to talk about swashbuckling football and and tactics and people. Other podcasts that we listen to, you know, they 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 slam Mourinho for his his way of of playing football. But the reality is, he gets results. He always has done. It might not be, you know, in, in a in a sexy way. It might not be. In a way, we gained points under Redknapp or Pochettino in 2014 to 16, but it will get results. And I'm, I, for one, I'm sick. I'm sick of of just being that nearly man. Yeah. And even if even if it means for for a couple of seasons we have to give up the idea of glory, glory Tottenham Hotspur just to get results, then I'm willing to take it. Just because we can we can always go back to another manager who will play beautiful football that doesn't win anything. Like we, we can always go back to Pochettino in 2015, 2016, where we played amazing football, but not a single prick, not a prick, not a single fan ever will remember that season. Other than the fact that, do you remember that side that played great football? Yeah. We did. We, we won fuck all. And, and I know this comes across as like a little bit like, like Gammon and, and like you're not appreciating Tottenham and, and and how we play, but the reality is, is you remember the times you won something, and as a subsection to that, you remember the times we played well. I don't we, think it, I, I don't think it is gammon at all. Uh, I think it's we've had like under Poch five five and a half years, and uh, during that period, we were playing some fucking amazing football. That last season. At Wild Lane, we we were the boss, man. We 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 were fucking amazing, and yeah, we got to the Champions League final. I mean, the run up to that, we weren't playing great, 
but we don't have any silverware. We've got nothing to show for it except from memories that will be lost when, when we go. But it's kind of like, I want a trophy. I, I, want, a, I, I want those semi-finals at Wembley. I want those finals at Wembley. I, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I want a trophy. I need a trophy. Yeah. What about you, uh, T? Where are you at? Uh, are you willing to accept worse football in return for the potential of glory? Absolutely. Absolutely. And don't, yeah. and don't, and don't get me wrong, right? We will, uh, along this road, where we are playing a bit more pragmatic and there is being a bit more of game management and stuff like that, that, that we, we, we will go through the season and we will give teams a, a slap. Uh, um, I, I think, who is it we played um Oh, fucking hell. Was it Burnley? Did we beat them like 4 5 nil or something like that? 5 nil. Yeah. 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 Uh, there, there are going to be results like that. And we'll be like, oh, yeah, sweet. Everything's all rosy and everything's all good. Then the next game, we might do like a 1 nil against Sheffield United and there'll be a few grumbles. But that is how you, uh, you get your points. And that is how you win trophies. And that is what I want. Great. Uh, Nick Nick Nerwin said, uh, will you be lining up to get back into the stadium if you're allowed to, to to go and watch Spurs again? Or will you wait until the things are back to normal? You've both got season tickets. Mm. What? Where, where are you at with it, that situation, Ricky? Are you, are you going back if they can take 30,000 people into the stadium? Yeah, I think... So 30,000, I think, is a reasonable um, size. It's going to be weird because, you know, we're, it's a 60,000-seat stadium, so it's going to be empty... Uh, it's going to be hard to generate noise, um, but we had like thirty six thousand at our lane, so uh, so yeah, I, I'd be up for that. But then, be, when when they do the kind of um, the, the slow kind of bringing in of fans, and we've got I don't know four four thousand, then it goes to eight thousand, then it goes to twelve thousand. You know, uh, I'll go to one of those games to, to kind of say, yeah, I was there when we come back from the coronavirus and, and there was hardly anyone there and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's it's difficult to... It, I, I don't know how people are going to continue to go if the stadium is cut short of the, the capacity down to 10,000 week in, week out. I mean, I've been, you know, I've been going to Spurs for fuck knows how long now. Um, so I've kind of... I, I feel a bit being there, done it, and that I don't, I don't have to put it upon myself that I have to, you know, tread from Milton Keynes to Tottenham every single week for six thousand capacity. But um, as soon as it starts getting back there, then I will. And again, it's not only, it's not only about that as well, man, because um, the relationship I have with Tottenham is the same kind of like the relationship I have with my dad. And, um, my, you know, my dad's not getting younger. He's 67, 68. And that's the time when I get to see him and we get to go to the cafes, go to have a beer at the pubs, go and see my mates and stuff like that. So it's not just about the, um, the, the kind of the capacity issue. It's about seeing my dad and about seeing my mates. And, you know, at the moment, I'm working from home. I'm in my home office and all, like, Monday to Friday I'm here and I, I, I'm not going to the shops. I ain't going for walks. I'm not. I'm just stuck in my house with my family. And football was that one release. Um, and I, I'm hugely looking forward to that. 
looking forward to the four thousands and all that lot. But what, Ricky, yeah, were you saying that before football you didn't leave your house? You just stuck in with your family. Um, what like so? When... Well, it's like you you saying like you you're stuck in with your. It's like you hate your family. Like you you don't want to spend time with your family. That like Spurs is your only relief. Like that like if if it, if it wasn't for Spurs, you'd murder them. It, is that what it sounds like? Because yeah. Exactly what I fucking meant. I can't stand them. <laughs> like, my money for school shoes and uniforms and food and fucking that lot. Nah, I'm only kidding. But um, nah. fee bucks, fee bucks, fee bucks. No, no, was it robots? Robots, robots. robots. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, as 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 people that have children in their life, and anyone listen to this, there'd be loads of people listening to this who have kids. Robux are the fucking work of the devil. <laughs> Since we've been on this, I've had a I've had a WhatsApp message from my missus downstairs saying, uh, daughter number two's locked out of her account. Have you just had the uh, confirmation verification email? I'm like, for fuck's sake. She can last <laughs> you can last twenty minutes while we talk about Tottenham. Oh uh, god man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I am but I'm I'm gagging to get back in the stadium, full stadium. T what would you do? All that. In terms of going back to the stadium, I am I'm a bit reluctant. You know, because um T, would you go back in your like full your your visor and your your mask? Would you do that? Hazmat suit, mate. Get it right. You absolutely love the you. you I, there isn't a single person on this planet who loves self-preservation as much as T. Like someone who loves a mask and a face shield and a hazmat suit he, and an oxy, oxygen. He uses oh, a, an electrical tape to wrap around uh, his wrists and his ankles as well. No, he doesn't. He does. I, I've seen T. I've seen T on just a normal sort of day out when he goes shopping, and he's wrapped his entire body out in, in like all of it, over in in um, like black masking tape. Oh hell yeah, duct tape with a little hold for my mouth. And um, there's a yeah, film. There's a film many many moons ago called Hollywood Shuffle, which I doubt either of you have seen. And um, there's this, it's from the mid '80s. So this gang used to walk around and they all had curly perms and they'd walk around spraying their hair every time. That'd be like me, like spraying, like, you know, sanitizer all over myself, you know, just to protect myself from the elements. Yeah, good. Uh, but but, so, but about the stadium, I'd be a bit reluctant, but as Ricky, I probably, I probably want the kind of, to go to the first ever game back, I probably would want to go, but I'd be a bit apprehensive. Um, what, what, boy, what, boys, what do you make of the, the game against Everton? Um, they've signed James Rodriguez. 29. Who, uh, nice, nice. 29, what are you talking about? He's 29 years old. But go That's on. Peak, peak forward age, isn't it? Yeah, go on, name the rest. What, what is it? Uh, Alan? Th- 30 in January. Is he? Yep, go on. Oh shit! There's a fiend. T is prepared. I can hear this. <laughs> fourth, I can hear it. The fourth one. Like, I've not made a note of his age. So. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. T. This is, <clears throat> T. T's basically knew that this was coming. He knew that this was coming. Yeah. And I said, "Hammers Rodriguez," and he was like, "What? Twenty nine? What? What are you saying? Like we should buy old, has been sort of semi decent in two thousand and fourteen players. You completely uh, Alan. Oh, I've never even heard of. T knows his age. He's thirty. He's right. Yeah, every, time, every time you're saying stuff, Flav, when you're saying these players, T's like just backhanding you straight away. You're not even, finishing, not even finishing their surname. And he's like, what? I love it. I love it. Chakore. 
he's 27, so he's actually a decent age. 28. Yeah, that's not a bad, a good signing. Now, out of three, Jacore is going to be the best, most effective player that they've signed. What, well, what do you make look, of? So, well, what would you make of uh, James Rodriguez? Would Would you have liked to sign him if Spurs are signing? Would you be excited? Uh, is would, he better than Son? Is no, he better than Kane? No, but I think is he is he better than Lucas Moretti? <laughs> He's better is than, he? He's better than Lucas Moura. Uh, you, mate, you've got to fucking get off. You've got to get off the anti-Lucas Moura dick. You have to. It's polluting your body full this of season, bad This season might be the season where that changes. I mean, remember last episode where I apologised for you forget for being wrong on Hugo Lloris? I can't remember that. Well, when I you said remember. that Hugo Lloris won a World Cup and that makes him a good captain and the leader, I was a bit apprehensive, but that was correct. So yeah. if Lucas Moura proves me wrong, I will say on a podcast that I was wrong. So, what, does he, so what, does he, what does Lucas Moura do, have to do to prove you wrong? I just think he's just such an annoying, frustrating player to watch. But you mentioned the 2010-11 season. If it was in that season, he'd be a god. Exactly. Like, like Nico Cranchar is remembered fondly. And he hasn't done any w- lace Lucas's boots. Exactly, exactly. So, so what, what, what does he need to do in order to convince you? Just be a little bit less wasteful. He just seems not a very economical player in terms of like turning the ball over and just making the most of opportunities. But he always gives 100%. He's a maniac, T. Appreciate the fact that he's a maniac. I mean, as fans, I mean, he's never been shit for lack of effort or application or that he doesn't like playing for Spurs. He always, you know, he's always front and centre when Spurs are promoting stuff. Um, He was on the skywalk and he's screaming out coys over the Tottenham sky and. That's a lot to admire, but I do, I, I do think Rodriguez is probably slightly better. But as I said, he's 29. He's got much miles on the clock. And because Everton finished, was it 10th that they finished? Might have that wrong. Signing these players keeps the gammons off their back. So that's probably you know, why they're trying to. I think like, a, li- a little bit like, and I don't want, and I, I can see James Rodriguez doing really well in his first three or four games. Like he'll, he'll, he's obviously class. He, he has been class. He has that in his locker. And he probably will do well for Spurs, but uh, for, against Spurs rather. But he's he, he's like it's like signing like I, I don't know like um like Van der Vaart. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> Van der Vaart was always quality. It's something else. It's something else. Or maybe it is like Van der Vaart. Maybe they've got Van der Vaart. Maybe they've got their own Van der Vaart. Maybe we should have signed him. Well, maybe his, his light was shined up for a very short time. Yeah, it will. It will shine yeah, you're actually making a wider he'll... point. So you're actually Was making I? a wider point about Everton signings. You're, you're listing them. Yeah, well, well, yeah. They, so, so they've signed Decore, they've signed um, uh, James Rodriguez and Alan. And uh, I, I've never heard of Alan. I presume he's okay. But they're, they're also linked with Tomori. They, they seem to be signing well. But they also stink of a club who signs players without really thinking about what they're doing. And they'll end up about 10th in 12 months' time, or 10 months' time. I agree. Yeah. So if you, are you hopeful going into this, this first game? We're at home, right? First home yeah, game we've had in ages. Yeah, we're at home. Are you hopeful going into this game? Are we are we going to do, um, you know, the... the? Let me think. In, in the old days, what I would have said, boys, what I would have said, in the old days, I would have said, are we going to do the, the flids of Liverpool? I can't say it. I can't say that anymore, and, and and I appreciate why I can't say it anymore. Just if I could say it, it'd make my job a little bit easier. I thought you were going to go with Toffee Men. 
No, I was going to say something much worse and much more offensive. Um, but uh, are we going to do the uh, the bus stop in Liverpool? Uh, yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, and uh, like you were just saying, they've got they've got loads of new signings, and um, they're going to want to impress first day of the season. But um, I just think we will be more organised than them, and I think we uh, with with the players that we've brought in. Um, I think it will be the difference, and it doesn't need to be your James Rodriguez coming in for loads of money. Um, and I, I just think that I don't know. But I think we're a more, more cohesive team. I think we've been together more longer, and we just have more about us as well. Okay, T. Yeah, I think we should be able to do. I think we'll be a lot more organised. The squad is a lot more settled. I mean, signed Rodriguez just this week. Um, yeah, I mean, I had a look at their Twitter account. They've just been like spamming it with um, Rodriguez footage and training. Scored two really nice goals. But, you know, I think Hobier and um, Doherty get what Spurs are, are about. They've been there probably for slightly long enough. They've been taking part in the training. I think we'll probably have a lot more of a settled team. And I expect us to win. I do too. Uh, I, I think a nice little uh, cheeky, really difficultly, difficultly won uh, drab tactically astute one nil win <laughs> that, that I'll, I'll, I'll take, take that. imagine imagine take boys that imagine if we just came out playing like free-flowing like wonderful football football better than anything we'd seen under um under, under yeah pochettino or, or hoddle or or even bill nick imagine if jose Mourinho in the next three years becomes the best manager that we've ever had ever can we dare to believe? Can we dare to dream about such a scenario? Can is is there anything in in the pair of you? Because in me, I feel like we've got him. I feel like we've got him. Like this is this isn't going to be great. It's not going to be. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be sexy to watch. It's not going to be enjoyable. But when you look back in ten years' time, you might look back at a time that was the most successful in a short term period of our entire history imagine he imagine he creates a new way of playing that that's never been known in football new formation that's never been seen new tactics that's never been seen like something mental as well where um i don't know how he does it but the team rush on every single time and every time the opponent gets the ball they're offside that's all that (laughs) Every yes. time, touchable offside, we get it. That's it. Free kick, and then we go and score. <laughs> well, we'll see, boys. Thank you so much for uh, giving your Fridays up before we uh, we go on to oh, the start of our march towards the Premier League trophy. Because this is where it starts, boys. This you boy. It. Uh, it's soon. Like oh. you know, for people who listen to the podcast, know that we love recording in person and we've been having to do this by Skype and we hate doing it by Skype because Skype podcasts are shit and they deep down they're they're crap. So we want to be in the same room and we will be in the same room if this virus will ever fuck off. Uh, If it doesn't, then we'll continue to produce podcasts and we're going to produce lots this season. We're going to be more active this season than we ever have been since we started. So if you need Tottenham Hotspur podcast to listen to after each game. The Fighting Cop will be there for you. But 
we hope it isn't through Skype because the best thing about the Fighting Cock podcast is when I look in T's eyes, I look in Ricky's eyes, I look in Alex's eyes and we look at each other and we understand what we're talking about and we understand that we love our football club. To, you know, football's best experience when you're with people. It's important to get together and, and watch the game and, and it's important to, to get together and talk about the game as well. So we hate the fact that we're having to do this this style of podcast we really really want to get together and we will get together once the virus is fucked off or maybe before maybe we'll, we'll like like t says just turn up in suits with a little microphone underneath the suit yeah break the rules no one even no one even know who's who will video of it as well yeah yeah anyway boys <laughs> uh thank you so much rick t uh we will uh, enjoy the game on uh on sunday and after that we'll be together through patreon if you're if you're not a patreon you can join us uh anyone who gets to this point in the podcast will be patrons anyway but if you if you yeah. want to and you aren't it's patreon.com forward slash the fighting cock uh join us cheers boys in cool. a bit bye, bye. Network. Sports Social Podcast 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 Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.